Welcome back to the Creator Club Podcast, everybody. Today, I'm going to be talking about how to develop your own online brand from scratch. I think nowadays, there are so many of us that are excited about the idea of building a business on the internet. It's amazing because you can work from anywhere. Mostly that means work from home right now, but you can also create a business that is something that you love to do, that you find fulfilling, and that is on your own terms. So of course, it feels very attractive, very flashy to have your own online brand, but it is a lot of work and there is a lot of stuff that you need to think about if you are considering going down that route of entrepreneurship. So take it from one online entrepreneur to another. In this episode, I'm going to tell you everything that you need to know if you are thinking, hey, I think what Katie does is pretty cool. She like runs a business on the internet. How could I do that for myself? That's what I'm going to tell you from starting from literally zero. So if that sounds interesting to you, keep on listening. Also just wanted to say a quick shout out in case you're a regular listener. I do have a new microphone today. So let me know. Hit me up on Instagram if you think the sound quality is better, worse. I'm always open to feedback. This is a new one that I'm trying out that a company sent me. And if it's good, I'll, I'll tell y'all which one it is. So yeah, I'm always curious to hear your feedback. So feel free to send me a DM on Instagram and I will try my best to get back to you. And without further ado, let's roll the intro and get into the episode. Welcome to the Creator Club Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Steckley, YouTube creator and creative entrepreneur. The Creator Club podcast is a workshop style show dedicated to teaching creators and entrepreneurs the best strategies for social media marketing and content creation. Whether you're into Instagram, creating on YouTube, trying TikTok or producing podcasts, this show is made for you. And because here at Creator Club, we believe in teaching everything you know, and the community is more important than competition. This club is open to everyone. Come and join us. So as always with these Creator Club episodes, you know me, I love a list. Today, I don't have them numbered. I think it's about five items, but you know what? We'll find out as we go. But I I love a good step-by-step list that really takes you through everything that I think is sort of the logical progression to this. So let's get started in the natural place. Step number one, I just said they weren't numbered, but... You know, we'll we'll find out how many there are as we go. And the first step is decide what you want to do. Now, that seems really obvious, right? When you're starting a business, you need to figure out what you are actually going to do to make money. And yes, I do want to really start to frame this conversation from the perspective of you are starting a business. I think for a lot of us, when we think about building a brand online, Many of you are probably thinking about becoming an influencer, which we'll dive into that a little bit more later, and that is totally valid, but I think what you need to realize is that is a business. It's just a little bit more of a non-traditional business model that you'll just have to think about from a little bit more of a creative perspective. But the point of this is you need to take this seriously. You need to think of this as you are creating your own startup. And the reason why I want to emphasize that is because I think then you'll understand the amount of effort and intention that it really does take. So anyway, we're starting a business here. And when you're starting a business, you need to decide what is that business going to do. 
in my opinion, for any good business that's starting out that is going to be successful and fulfilling for you, you need to find your offerings at the intersection of three very important things. So you could think about this kind of like a Venn diagram with three different overlapping circles. And, you know, these three circles might include different kinds of things, but the thing that is going to be a successful business for you is going to be in the overlap of all three. And those three things are what you love, what you're good at, and what there is demand for slash what the world or the market that you want to serve actually needs. The reason why it's so important for you to cover all of these three things is for one, it needs to be something you love because you need to find it fulfilling. And trust me, it's going to take a lot of work. If you are thinking about escaping the nine to five or just wanting to find meaningful work that's going to be fulfilling to you, obviously it needs to be something you love, right? Because you're going to have to spend a lot of time on this. If you are transitioning from nine to five to entrepreneurship, you got to know that it's going to take a lot of work. You're probably going to spend more than just the nine to five. I say, as I record this at 10 PM on a Tuesday night. So I obviously work-life balance is important, but especially at the beginning, it's going to take a lot of hours. So it needs to be something you really, really love. Obviously for two, second point, it needs to be something you're good at because, um, in order for you to charge a premium for it and offer it and, you know, actually, you know, be a good business owner, (laughs) you gotta be good at what you're doing. So there's lots of stuff I love to do, for instance, like playing guitar, roller derby, but I'm not probably good enough at those things to make a business out of it. Actually, I can tell you for sure I'm not good enough to make a business out of it. I, you know, I feel like I'm a decent roller derby player, but um, nobody's going to pay me to do that. <laughs> so you've got to make sure that what you're offering is something you're good at. You know, on the other hand, I am good at social media marketing and um, teaching people social media marketing strategies. So that is why that is my business. Now, number three is what there is demand for. Even if you are really good at something and you really love something, there's not necessarily demand for it. So actually the roller derby thing is probably a better example of this because I I love roller derby. I am decently good at it if I do say so myself. I mean, I play in an amateur league, but I'm fairly good. But there's just no demand for professional roller derby players at this point. And so that's not going to be my business model. I mean, that's just pretty obvious, right? You need to make sure that there are customers for what you want to sell, but you'd be surprised the number of people that don't consider that when they are thinking about starting a business. So think about what you love, what you're good at and what there is demand for. And that is how you're going to frame up what your business is going to be. And that is what you can build your brand around. Number two, you need to choose a name. So there's really two major choices that can be made here, right? You can either create a personal brand, which is using your name. So I have a personal brand. I'm just Katie Steckley. That's the name of my business. Or you might want to come up with a business name. Now there are definitely pros and cons to each of these approaches. And it's something that you really want to consider when you first get started. Of course, you can always rebrand. I've done that. Just as a fun fact, which many of you probably won't know, my business actually used to be called K19 Studio. So when I first got started as a freelance videographer and I did some social media marketing work, but mostly I made videos, 
I called my business K19 Studio because I thought that I would be taken more seriously as an entrepreneur if I had a business name. I thought that if I went around just calling myself Katie Steckley, people would be like, oh yeah, that's that university student girl who just films videos. I thought that I needed a business name in order to give myself more legitimacy. But as time went on, I realized that actually most of the people that I worked with just knew me as Katie Steckley. And when people were referring me to their friends or colleagues, they were saying, oh yeah, I've worked with Katie Steckley. You should work with her too. They weren't referring to me as K19 Studio. And I was the only one working at quote unquote K19 Studio anyway. So it just made more sense to call myself Katie Steckley. And when I finally decided to lean into that rebrand, in the fall of 2018, just a couple months later is when my business really started to blow up. So in the fall of 2019, I renamed my YouTube channel to Katie Steckley, made my Instagram just Katie Steckley, and that's I decided that was going to be my business. And then in the early spring of 2020 is when things really started to grow for me. And so rebranding to my, my own name is not the only reason that happened. There's a lot of factors involved, but I do think that it helped me when I did start to grow more to have better brand recognition because K19 Studio really didn't mean a lot to a lot of people. If you're curious, the reason why I called it that is because my YouTube channel used to be called Catherine the 19th. That was my username for a long time because fun fact, my name's actually Catherine and my birthday is on the 19th. So now that you know all my security responses and can hack every account I have, just kidding, please don't do that. Anyway, that's why I called it K19 Studio. So I really feel like there's a lot of benefits to the personal brand approach. I'm a big fan of it, especially if you're getting started out working locally with friends and family. That's where almost all of us start with our clients. They're going to know you by your name. And if it's just you, don't feel the imposter syndrome pressure to give yourself a fancy business name to try to feel more legit. You can be totally legit as an individual. However, let's talk about the other option, business names. Okay, so you could come up with a totally new brand name for your business. For instance, K19 Studio is the old name of my business, or even like this podcast, it's called Creator Club, and that's like a different brand name, right? It's not just Katie Steckley. So, There are some benefits to this. The main one is it can be easier to remember than a name, especially when you use words that are already familiar to people. And so that is why I actually called my podcast Creator Club. I knew I was getting started brand new in the podcast world. I didn't have a lot of credibility in that space. And I thought that my show would be easier to find and um, potentially a little bit more approachable to completely brand new people if it had a name like Creator Club. Creator Club are two words that people know and understand. They can get the concept behind that. Katie Steckley, on the other hand, is a name that, you know, most people have never, ever heard, especially for me. Steckley is kind of an uncommon last name. Probably many of you listening don't know anybody else with the same last name as me. If you do message me and tell me who they are, because we're probably related. (laughs) So, you know, that's just to say that, like, it's easier to remember, right? If you've never heard a name before, it's it's harder to remember because it's a brand new word. But if you've heard Creator Club, you're like, yep, I know exactly what that is. So that can help in the early days with building brand recognition. However, the cons to a business name approach, in my opinion, is that it can be easy to fall into the temptation of hiding behind a business name when in reality, it's that human to human connection that is actually going to be more effective for audience growth on Instagram and other social media platforms and in your sales. So for instance, when I was trying to be all K19 studio, 
nobody was really following me on Instagram because I wasn't building like a personal connection with my followers. And people don't feel connected to the name K19 Studio. They felt connected to Katie Steckley because that's who they knew. That's who they actually worked with. So it can just take a little bit more effort to build up that familiarity and have people start to feel like they know a brand name. So it's almost like the business name approach helps with the first acquaintance because it feels familiar. They know what those words mean. Like if you choose common words, whereas they don't maybe recognize your name. But when it comes to actually building that friendship, going from acquaintance to friendship, then having a personal brand name helps build stronger connection in my opinion. But it also kind of comes down to like, Outside of all these pros and cons, it depends on the kind of business you're running. You don't necessarily have to have a business name just because you plan on having employees. I have employees and I just still call myself katiesteckley.com and we are Katie Steckley Creative Services and you know my team members are part of Team Katie Steckley, whatever you want to call it. But there are just some circumstances where it makes more sense to have a business name. At the end of the day, you kind of need to go with your gut, but I thought I just would share some of the pros and cons to both approaches if you maybe have a couple ideas that, that are in both sort of ends of the spectrum. So that's the second step in this process. You have to choose a name for your brand. The third step is to develop your offerings. So again, this comes back to really thinking of yourself as a business. You need to ask yourself now, how are you going to make money? You need to decide this before we start actually developing your content. I know the temptation can be, oh, I want to start an online brand. The first thing I'm going to do is think about what I'm going to post on Instagram. Slow down, my friend. There are some important things we need to talk about first because ultimately your content needs to work towards promoting your offerings because this is a business. And if you want to actually do this full time and you want to be serious about it, we need to make sure that you have a sustainable income. Okay, so that's what this step is all about developing your offerings. There's a few different ways you can go with this. And I want to talk about the four main ways that you can make money online. The first one is services by offering just one-to-one services that you provide yourself. Now, in my opinion, this is the best place to start. For many of us that are thinking about building an online brand and an online business, I totally get it. It's exciting and shiny to think about all these digital products or courses. Like it feels like passive income is the thing, right? We all wanna have passive income and build a product and scale and whatever. I get that. And we can get to that at some point, but trust me, when you are first getting started, you're going to have a way easier time getting clients at first if you do services. There's a very obvious value add with services for people, right? It can be harder to sell a course or a digital product when you haven't built up authority yet. When you have good authority with your audience, they will trust you to buy something like a course or an ebook. However, if someone doesn't know you very well, they would probably be more likely willing to pay you for services because they know exactly what they're getting out of it. If people are just buying knowledge from you, but you haven't established yourself as an expert yet, they're not as likely to buy that knowledge. But if they are buying services from you that can save them time and not just provide them, you know, insider information, it's going to be easier to sell that. 
I experienced this myself as somebody who got started in the world of digital products early. I found that when I decided to just lean into services, that's when I really started actually seeing an income. And I've talked to many other creators that I've met along the way that have had a similar thing where they dream of selling courses and they offer services and they try to promote their courses and they they don't really sell any but they do book up their services. It's kind of the first natural step as you get going. And I know it's not scalable, it's not passive, but it doesn't matter. When you first get started, you're gonna have to work for your money, okay? We all do. And by performing these services, that is what's gonna help you build up the experience and the credibility and the authority to be able to be successful with digital products in the future. So I really wanna encourage you, if you've been dreaming about the digital products, the courses, how can you turn that into a service? Maybe it's coaching. Maybe it's instead of teaching people how to do something, it's just doing it for them. Think about how you can do this as a service that you would bill at an hourly rate or package rate rather than diving into the digital products first off. With services, trust me, you're going to have an easier time finding clients at first and it will give you the experience you need to provide really high value digital products. So that's my pitch for starting out with services, but that is just one of four of the ways you can make money with an online brand. The second one is one that I've just been mentioning a lot, and that is digital products and courses. This is a great way to scale your business and eventually create passive income. Though I want to say it's not really passive. We all love to talk about passive income. There really is no such thing except for like capital gains, you know, people that have tons of money in the bank and they just earn interest. Like that's, that's passive income. Or you could even say like real estate gaining value is maybe passive income in a very long-term sense, but digital products and courses, they take a lot of work up front and they do take maintenance. You want to make sure that if you're selling a course that has a lifetime access involved, you need to make sure that you keep it up and keep adding new information so that it remains valuable. And even if you just sell an ebook or something that you are not doing constant upkeep on, you want to make sure that you are offering really good value. And that means that you're going to be investing a lot of time up front to produce it time that you're going to spend working on it when you haven't already sold any. And I really want to encourage you. There is a lot of this happening in the online business with digital products and courses of people spending more time on the marketing than they do on the actual product. And look, I get that temptation. Like you just want to have something you can sell. And as long as you have a good sales pitch, people will buy it. But I want to make sure that you keep your integrity, keep your dignity with your business and make sure that you offer something really high quality. And that means it's going to take a lot of work up front. That doesn't mean it's not worthwhile doing. I really think it is. I think once you build up a sustainable service-based business, you can take the expertise you learned with your services and then create a course or create a product that can turn those services into something a little bit more scalable. Okay. So I want you to think about that as a long-term down the road thing or something that you can build into your business from the start, but just know, I think services is going to be um, also a very helpful way to get going at the beginning. Okay, so that is the first two services and digital products. The third way that you can make money, and you might want to consider this as one of your offerings, is physical products. Obviously, this could be merch, this could be, you know, like t shirts, stickers, whatever. The one thing I do want to say about physical products is, in my opinion, it's really only ideal to make your business model physical products if you are already someone whose passion it is to create these products. 
this is not something you're going to do as an afterthought. Okay. It's not like you're going to say, okay, I want to make a brand and, oh, I guess I'll sell candles or whatever. I really want you to only pick up the physical products thing. If candles are your absolute passion or insert whatever physical product there, it's a lot of work to make these. And it's a lot of overhead cost. Think about the shipping, the logistics of of shipping outside of your country, the shipping costs, the overhead of having inventory. There's just a lot, a lot of stuff to deal with there. So I wanted to mention physical products because it is on the table, something that you can do, but it's probably only advisable to get into that business if it's something that you already were really passionate about. Um, because e-commerce with physical products is a lot of work and just a lot more financial burden than something like services or digital products. But I had to mention it because it is a way that you can make money online. The fourth thing that you might be doing with your online brand to earn money is brand deals. So this brings us back to the thing that I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode that you might be considering becoming an influencer which um, a lot of people talk about it in sort of like a scornful, um, sort of patronizing way. Um, But look, being an influencer, it's a real job. It is a real business model. And if that is something you want to go after, then I support you in that. But I just want you to think about it in like a practical way of how you can actually work towards getting there. So if your primary goal is to grow your account and become an influencer and eventually making money, like doing brand deals, you still have offerings. The offering that you have to businesses that you're going to work with, of course, will be your audience, but your offering to your audience in the meantime that you need to work on growing is going to be your vulnerability and your relatability. And also, and this is very important, your ability to make good recommendations to them, to know what they need and to help them find it. Because part of the main job description of an influencer is recommending products and services and whatever, right? Like that is how influencers make money is by recommending stuff that people want to buy. So obviously at first you won't have brand deals because when you first get started out as a super small creator, it's going to take time before you have a big enough audience that you can get paid by brands to talk about their stuff. So what I want you to think about for your offering right now, instead of brand deals, it's going to be product suggestions or recommendations, ideally ones that have affiliate programs available. Even if you can't make money off of it though, from the very beginning, you need to start recommending stuff that is useful and helpful and high quality to your audience so that they get used to the fact that you are an authority on things, that you are the kind of person that has good recommendations. Because if you don't build up that reputation, it's going to be really hard to start posting brand deals because people will think it's really unnatural for you to be recommending stuff to them. So from the very beginning, start out doing recommendations. If you can sign up for Amazon affiliates or other affiliate programs from companies that you know and love and start recommending their products and services using your affiliate links, that's one way that you can start monetizing it. Even if you don't monetize it though, make sure you're recommending stuff that you love so your audience knows that you are a go-to person for recommendations in your niche. Another program that I want to suggest to you is called Reward Style. I actually heard about this through Catherine Manning, a YouTuber that I'm sure many of us know and love. She makes awesome videos about how to grow on YouTube. If you're really serious about affiliate marketing, which I think if you want to get into the world of being an influencer, I would really recommend you doing some more research on, check out her video about how she makes over $10,000 a month in affiliate commission. When I saw that, I was blown away. I was like, girl, this is unreal. 
Like you are, you're working magic. (laughs) So I'm going to try to link that video in the show notes. It's super helpful. She brings up a few strategies for this and reward style is one of these websites you can sign up for. I think it's like a Chrome plugin and you can get affiliate links for so many different products from so many different companies. And then your commission check just comes from the same place. So it makes it super easy to use. So as a quick recap there, I want you to come up with what your offering is going to be as a brand. How are you going to make money? It's either going to be through services, digital products and courses, physical products, or brand deals. Now that you've figured out what your offering is going to be, it's time to do what we're probably almost excited for, and that is develop content. And this content is ultimately going to work towards the goal of promoting your offering so you can make this into a sustainable business. Here's the thing. Content is not just for the sake of content. There really has to be a goal behind it for it to be effective, which is why I've already spent 20 minutes talking about all of the groundwork you have to do before you get to the point of creating your content. For this to be a sustainable thing for you, part of that goal needs to include monetization. This is my personal strategy to a good content calendar that is going to help you work towards your goals. I recommend having five pillars of content, each of which will account for roughly 20% of your overall content. One of those five pillars should be promoting your offerings. So that means, for example, for me, one out of every five of my posts should be talking about my offerings, i.e. my podcast services, my Instagram services, my Instagram audits, or my digital products. I'll be honest, I'm not perfect. I don't always make that threshold because there's so much other content that I love to share with you all on Instagram. But ideally, I would be talking about, you know, how I can make money one out of every five posts. And I recommend that you do the same. The other four pillars are going to be subtopics that you feel passionate about or that would be relatable to your audience. I sometimes call these pillars like brand adjacent because I want them to be related to your niche, but they don't necessarily have to be just more specific versions of your niche. I think even if these topics are kind of outside of what your niche is directly about, as long as you're talking about them through the lens of your niche, it all makes sense and you still have a cohesive account. So the example that I always love to give, my niche is social media marketing, social media strategy. That's what I share with you all. But on Instagram, one of my pillars of content is confidence and body image. These are things that I really love to talk about because they're very near and dear to my heart. And I know that it's also relatable to my audience. And so I still share them, even if they aren't specifically related to social media marketing, it's all a part of building that relationship with my audience and also serving them content that I know they are going to appreciate. So you can think about that for yourself. Think about who your audience is, what kind of content they would appreciate, even if it is not specifically related to your niche, as long as your audience loves it, that is what's really important. So think about creating those five pillars. One of them should be promoting your offerings. So one out of every five posts, promote your offerings. The other four rotate through your different subtopics or pillars, and then you'll have a really nice balanced content strategy. The final step, and like I said, I'm not counting, but I think this is number five in this whole building a brand from scratch plan, and that is develop expectations, goals, and routines. This is where it's time to get serious, okay? In order to really see growth, you need to set clear goals and expectations for yourself, for your business, for your Instagram, whatever platforms you're trying to grow on. 
This is so important. I want you to know it's going to take time and it's going to take a lot of work. It's really unfortunate, honestly, because there's so much content online on YouTube and on other platforms of people selling this lie that like, oh, grow to 50,000 followers overnight. Um, You know, all this content that's about how you can hack your way to really fast growth and success. And the truth is that does not happen. And so people have this expectation that things can happen really fast and it won't take a lot of work and they'll really easily replace their nine to five income and they'll never have to work again because Instagram will just make money for them while they sleep. That's not how it happens. It takes so much work and so much time and energy and love and passion. And it's just important that you know that for when you first get started so that you don't have unreasonable expectations or goals. So just think about that. Think about really how much time it's going to take, not only in the long term, like how many months and years it'll take to build your brand, but also how many hours a day you're willing to spend. Like it is going to take time. Then once you figure that out, you need to start a schedule or you'll never end up actually posting. So create a schedule for yourself of when and what you're going to post and how much time you're going to spend working on it. I would recommend starting with one platform. Maybe that's Instagram for you. And then think about how you can expand to others. I think it's a really great way to build a brand to have two different platforms, one that's evergreen and more search engine based, and then one that is more timely and kind of personal connection based. So for me, my two primary platforms are YouTube and Instagram. YouTube is very evergreen for me. I create content that can be viewed at any time of day, any time of year, even a couple years from now, it'll still be relevant. And YouTube is very search engine based, so people can continue to find me by searching for the kind of content that I provide. And then Instagram is my place for timely, really personal content. And that's where I continue to build my relationships with people who eventually then become clients of mine. And really, that's what I want to close with is just the fact that it's so important to focus on building relationships with potential followers who can join the fold and start following your content and also potential clients. At the end of the day, building a successful brand is about being a really friendly and approachable brand and therefore a friendly and approachable person. And you're actually building relationships with people who you truly care about. This is not a video game that we're trying to get the highest score in, seeing who can have the most followers, who can have the highest revenue in a year. This is about building relationships with real people who are truly trying to help. So always keep that at the forefront of whatever you're doing when you are building an online brand. So that is my, I think, five-step strategy to developing your own online brand from scratch. First, deciding what you want to do, then choosing a name, developing offerings, And finally, developing, oh, second to finally developing your content and then developing your expectations, goals, and routines. I hope you found this episode helpful. I hope I haven't been rambling too much. Like I said, it's late at night. I can barely keep my eyes open, but I'm still talking into this microphone. (laughs) And I hope this gave you some insight into what it can look like to build your own online brand. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Creator Club Podcast. If you listen to this entire episode, I want to know who you are. Send me a DM on Instagram at Katie Steckley so we can chat. Do you want to be part of the official Creator Club? You can join my Insider Squad Facebook group by going to katiesteckley.com slash club. I'd love to see you there. 
Finally, if you're looking for more value-packed content like this, check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Katie. Go to my channel and search Instagram hacks, and I promise you won't be disappointed. If you want to hear more episodes like this and support this show to continue, please leave me a review in iTunes. It really helps me out, and you just might get featured on the next episode as the review of the week. Leave your IG handle in the review so I can give you a shout out. Again, thanks so much for listening, and as always, I hope you are having adventures and following your dreams, and I'll catch you next week, Creator Club.